You're listening to the Mobcast Network. There's a podcast network. It is a network not only of sports and culture, but of anything you can fathom. And it lies between man's desire to imagine and his want for laughter. It is a network which we call the Mopcast Network. For the past year, the Mopcast Network has been bringing you weekly podcasts for all the commentary on movies, music, sports, recent events, and more. The Mopcast Network. Celebrate fandom. Hey everybody, welcome to the Laporte and Porter Important Report. I'm Aaron Porter. I'm Kevin Laporte. And this is everything we consider to be important. And so should you. There you go. Alright, so uh, we have a different special guest, because it's a different week. Always different. We don't keep it the same. We, we change it up. Exactly. And this week, our special guest is literally the worst. Awful. Can't stand her. Have to spend so much time with her. It's awful. She's my wife. It's Aaron Thompson, a.k.a. Aaron, maybe one day we'll change your last name to Porter. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Welcome to the Laporte and Porter Important Report. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. You are welcome. I'm glad you could leave the living room, <laughs> walk the five feet into here, we and join us. We in the room this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We journey, didn't give her shoes, though. The journey was arduous, but <laughs> well, we can tell that. I you got look, here. You just got through working out. Yeah, CrossFit, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Ran inside. <laughs> quickly like, did this with your hair. I put on a shirt that didn't smell because you guys mean that much to me. Appreciate it. Thank you. It is a, an audio podcast as well, so half the people wouldn't know whether you know we were making faces or not because of the smell. So. I'm making faces because of the smell. <laughs> it's no, no. Oh, no. She's touching me. So and much not, love. Well, all right. So uh, this week, Kevin, you wanted to start off uh, something a little different than what we normally do. You want to start off with some important headlines. Yeah, I just thought um, each week we could start off with some news. There's always stuff going on. We talk about sort of the, the meta aspect of the news and nerd communities and geekdom. Right. Uh, so I want to talk about some real things that are going on. Then we can, you know, just have a little fun with those. Cool. Hit uh, us. Well, the, the thing that... Uh, Got me since the last time we talked two weeks ago. Yep. Is uh, Star Wars Episode Eight? Woo! It's uh, still, now they've moved it back, so it's actually almost two years away. No! December 17, they moved uh, it back six months. I've heard everybody's feelings, so yep. I think deeply, to compensate... Deeply, Yeah. I think to compensate, they actually put out a teaser. Yes. Um, I forget if it was last week. I think it was last week. They put out a, a teaser. It's like 20 seconds showing Luke on top of that big island off the coast of yep. Ireland or on a planet far, far away. And Whichever. Uh, Ireland might as well be yeah. a planet far, far away. Uh, Ray offering him the lightsaber, and you think, oh, they're going to show something, and then it cuts to Ryan Johnson, the director, saying, welcome to episode eight, the music cues, and it's just like the, the you know, his staff, the crew, all like, yay! And uh, everybody was still excited as hell about oh, yeah. this teaser, and it was just nothing. What's funny is, uh, when you said, welcome to episode eight, and you said, the music, and I was like, the musical? <laughs> episode eight, the music, hey, it's the force, da gotta use this lightsaber, I used to have a hand, they cut it off again, jabba dooba doo jazz hand, just the one. Yeah, everybody's excited for a teaser, for a teaser, for a teaser so excited 
that in the ensuing several days, yes, uh, there's mass rampant speculation about the name of the movie. Uh, Episode and- eight. The song carries on. And everyone's ganks. (laughs) (laughs) Throw in that ska music. (laughs) Like anybody cares what the name of the movie is going to be, but that's what everybody's speculating. Yeah, yeah. Because it'll just be episode eight. Episode eight, Return of the Lightsaber. Wouldn't that be great if that was like the whole movie? Like she gets there and she goes, here's your lightsaber. And I don't want it. And she's like, no, no, this is yours. You should have it. He's like, yeah. No, I, I don't want that anymore. I, I have my own. I made it. It's kind of cool. It's green instead of blue. You can keep that one, I guess. You know, just could you go away? And she's like, no, I lightsaber. This is yours. And it's just that for fucking two hours. I would watch that and laugh the whole time. Like, that that lightsaber's got a lot of bodies on it, Ray. It's yeah, totally yeah, I'm bad good. karma. I'm good, thanks. Just, Check out the vibrate it. feature. <laughs> Yay! Don't they all have vibrate features though? Do they? I would think so. They all go. Oh, see, it's better off in her hands anyway. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you talk about your notable emergency room visits. The oh lightsaber <laughs> vibrator is going to lead to some really great stories in the. Uh, you know, they're absolutely they're they're absolutely lightsaber dildos. Right? Oh, I think I saw something like that on Facebook recently, where be. they showed a whole set of Star Wars you dildos. Know, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you Do know, they have that, the dual wielding ones. I'm sure they do. That wasn't on the little uh, meme that I saw, but... Oh, it was sure a meme? Okay, there. I thought it was an ad. I was going to say, you know, those ads are actually based on <laughs> your viewing history there, Kevin. So, it was a uh, meme. Okay, fair enough. Um, the uh, the I like Star Wars. No, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Star Wars and butt stuff. Ta-da! Just a bunch butt. of uh, dildos and Twelics. Oh, showing God. up in his feed. Pitchman salacious <laughs> crumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we just walk away from amazing. the computer slowly. Uh, my headline that I had is the fact that uh, Game of Thrones uh, is about to start back up, and they are not going to send out um, uh, the pre-screeners to reviewers like they've done every other season and like most shows do with their seasons. Because last season, it got leaked, so half of their season mm, was just mm, put up mm. on the uh, on the internet uh, before the season even started. So they said, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're not sending it out. I think it's smart. It's absolutely what I would do as well, especially since the show is now, um, you know, surpassing the books. So now you kind of have a little bit more free reign to to really surprise some folks that you haven't been able to surprise up to this point. And more and- important, spoilers are available. Exactly, and you won't you you won't probably see it in the next day or so, but be ready for a backlash from the entertainment news industry because they they're not they don't like it when they don't get what they want, and they're gonna they're gonna do the no oh, the Game of Thrones it sucks and well, it must be bad if they're not gonna share. Oh, obviously. The pre- what are they trying to hide? Yes. Uh, everything that's the point of a show like that uh, and i'm sure it'll kill their ratings oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and see and i think uh, the other reason why i think it's really smart uh by hbo to do this is because you know last season let's be honest not the best and just there were some good moments but for the most part it was the worst of all the seasons in my opinion and now it's like okay here this season we really need to surprise some folks we really need to like kick it up a notch and if we're 
if there's even a small chance that some of this shit gets out before it's supposed to, it ruins it. Well, just the stuff with Jon Snow. If it one way or the snow. other, if they uh, if they spoil that one way or the other, there goes their whole yep. you know initial bump to their viewership. Yep. So yeah, uh, I'm I I saw that headline today. Read read about the story, and uh, I'm like I said, I'm I'm ready for the entertainment news industry to. Oh, why would they do this? Uh, they do it about something every day. Absolutely. I mean, all this, a lot of what we talk about uh, and the reaction of fans and people on social media is kind of spearheaded mm-hmm. by people in the media overreacting or shaping opinion. This is where we could make a transition into politics, but we're not going to. No, we're skimming right around that edge. Yeah, just we're staying just, just, just right there. Just, it's, it's, it's still in our, our meta discussion, but that's yeah. where we that's where we come back into the. Uh, you know our our little niche. Yep, yep. Any more headlines? Do you have anything? If not, we can move on to our important topics. I, I want to get to the important topics. Okay, the important. Well, those are the important headlines. They're still important. This is the important report. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm staying out of this. Okay. I think you're wrong. Always. <laughs> Why would you say that to Kevin? Uh, all right. So <laughs> important topics uh, tonight, Kevin. Why don't you get us started since uh, you already started this topic on uh, on our our wonderful Twitter, which is the important RPT. So you can you can follow us there. Uh, you already started this argument there, so I figure we can go ahead and get everybody up to date, and then we can start arguing here about this. Okay. Well, uh, uh, last time we talked with Nathan Smith about. Yes. Deadpool and the yes. fact that it's a rated R superhero movie. And it was so good. Mm, and it mm-hmm. was. It's really great. Awesome. And since that time, uh, there's been rampant speculation about what's the next big R-rated superhero movie. What's it going to be, Kevin? It's, uh, I'm sure it'll be My Little Pony rated R. Ooh, they turned cannibalistic. <laughs> NC-17 <laughs> probably, but... Hey, there, there are some bronies out there that are like, yes, finally. Yes. Uh, rule 34. No doubt. Zombie ponies. There are the Japanese My Little Pony sex dolls. That's a real thing. Yeah, that was on Bleeding Cool a few weeks back. Yeah, that's a real thing. Wow. But moving on. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's awful. New it's things terrible. to look up later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that on your own I've computer. I've already learned important things and I haven't even been here that You can long. do that on your own computer. Please, God, don't look that up on my computer. <laughs> I don't need those Facebook ads. It was on mainstream like comic sites. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, Continue. Uh, lots of speculation that the next Wolverine movie would be rated R. Appropriate. Yes. yes. That would be great. Um, but the controversial superhero movie du jour is Batman versus Superman. Yes. Dawn of Justice. Bum, bum, bum. Releasing here in just three weeks from, or two weeks from tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, we we record this on a Wednesday. So, Uh, yeah. So, just under two weeks for for you listening or watching. Uh, And Warner Brothers has revealed that they are going to release a home version, not in the theaters, but a home version that will be rated R. And the internet lost its mind because it's because it's dumb. It's it's dumb. There's no re. <sighs> All right. So going back to our very one of our very first topics uh, when we started the the podcast uh, was was Batman Superman. Okay. Yep. And I said at that time they are trying to do too much. They are try they're trying to catch up with Marvel. They're trying to do. What is Marvel doing? Let's do that, and let's let's catch up so we can go right. T- you know, 
just just head to head with Marvel. Okay, great. So they came out with with, with a great rated R movie. And let's say, let's say, because they knew Deadpool was going to come out. Okay, let's say that they they said, hey, we're going to film some of this stuff just in case Deadpool does well. Then we can release a rated R version of this movie because there's no way they've they've gone back and added this after Deadpool. Obviously, was no. Was I'm, done. I'm sure this is Batman footage. That violence. That's it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. My thing is, if, and I, and I said this last week, if it's rated R for rated R's sake, that's not good. If it's rated R and it fits the story, fantastic. You were selling this movie for years now without it having without having to worry about the rated R thing. Deadpool comes out. It's rated R. It blows up. Everybody's like, holy shit, rated R superhero movies are amazing. And now they're like, oh, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> we have a rated R version that you can watch at home. It's like, no, fuck off. Come on, stop. Stop trying to, stop trying to be everything. Focus on Batman and Superman. And Wonder Woman, because and Wonder Woman, I, it's it's pointless to me. Why do it? Uh, I mean, we don't know what the footage is or what's going to make it rated R. Or what they're cutting to keep it PG thirteen? Is it Wonder Woman's boobs? Uh, if I get to see Wonder Woman's boobs, uh, I will I will support this uh, this endeavor. <laughs> uh, is that really all it takes for a rated R? Uh, I think I think you can you do can, that in PG thirteen. I think maybe PG-13, she like decapitates a couple of people and then her boobs come out at the same time. <laughs> she decapitates people with her boobs. Ooh. You heard it here first, she right here on woman. the important report. She is an Amazon. She got some powerful titties. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Themyscira, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Lights are on. <laughs> it's just. I, I don't get it, man. It's just just stop trying to do everything that Marvel's doing. Just be DC. I I've told you I'm not a big fan of Superman. I do like Batman. I'm okay with Wonder Woman. Yeah. I'm okay with 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 some of the DC universe. When they chase, when any company chases, any entertainment industry uh, chases, it's bad. It never works out. If that's what's going on here, we don't know. I, they've but got lots of movies have to cut content in order to get down to a certain rating for sure. the theater. Rob Zombie just went through this with his movie 31, where it was NC-17 after he submitted it three times, and he kept having to chop, chop, chop. And that's reducing the quality of that film, I promise you, to get it down to rated R. Do you think, and this is kind of an an aside, do you think that that NC-17 was because Rob Zombie's name is attached to it? I think that's part of it, but Rob takes it to the edge. I mean, uh, if you watch The Devil's Rejects, one of my favorite movies ever. You um, twisted fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how was that movie rated R at certain <laughs> points? I mean, some sure. of the things that are ridiculed, some of the violence in that film, what was cut that you don't see sure. in the theater? I mean, I was in the theater with uh, my ex-wife and a friend of ours, and we were the only people laughing in that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people were like, what's wrong with those guys? <laughs> I mean, they are the devil's rejects. Yeah. It just cleaned up nicely and came yeah, into the theater. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some really dark parts to that. So, And I know Rob, he will push it even further now mm-hmm. to try to bring that same crowd in to tell his type of story. Now, Zack Snyder has done a lot of rated R work. Sure. Uh, what did he have to cut to pull that back to PG-13 for Batman versus Superman? We don't know. I'm curious to see. The bigger issue for me is all the crying about that Superman can't be in a rated R movie. Uh, which is just asinine. And he's, and, uh, well, and he's technically not. I mean, right. 
It, First of all, that's that's the biggest point. Sure. It's not in a rated R movie, but if this movie, as they've made out, that it's based on The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. that's a rated R story. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's hyper-violent. Superman gets shot by Green Arrow, which isn't going to happen in this movie that we know of. Um, but you have failed this city. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's a dark, gritty story. And if that's what they're basing it on, it's going to be a dark, gritty movie. But it looks like there's going to be some light moments. Just even in the trailer, there's light moments. But why should Superman be excluded from rated R territory? Just on that principle alone, because it's Superman. Yeah, That's what I keep seeing. Superman should never be in a movie a child can't see. Why? Why? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Well, they, they grew up, or the people that are crying about this, they grew up with the, this hero in their life, and they want that experience for their kids as well. That's the legacy that mm-hmm. they want to bring up their kids with. And now it's changing into something they can't experience with their children that they thought they would. And it is a question of if the movie is playing a game of escalation or if you have a director that naturally has, has that kind of genre who is you know, adding to the quality of the movie, but pulling back so that, you know, he can reach the audience he needs to. That's the the big question. Yeah. But, I mean, I can understand, I understand where you're coming from uh, on that. And I, and I do think that there is some merit to that. Um, in the fact that, you know, Superman has traditionally been, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like him, is, ha I'm Superman! I'm the goody-two-shoes of the DC Universe, and of all comics. I'm great. And it's, you know, yeah, every once in a while they try to go darker with him and whatnot, but for the most part, that's what Superman is. Um, for better or worse. But that shouldn't keep us from telling different stories with And him. I agree. Correct. I agree with that. My, you know, if people are saying that there should never be a rated R theatrical version of Superman. I'm on the fence on that. I uh, Well, these are comics professionals that I'm referring to. Really? Uh, yeah, writers. Uh, you going to you going to you can call some names out? Oh yeah, Kurt Busiek, the guy that writes Astro City. I mean, this is an accomplished Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. writer, Avengers, mm-hmm. Marvels, mm-hmm. you know, go down the list. I don't recall he, he may have written Superman at some point, but I don't I don't recall. Um uh, and other names are escaping, but he was the big one that I saw. But I saw right. a lot of people saying the same thing, and I'm not saying that they're wrong, uh, but I don't agree. Yeah, uh, you've got to leave these characters open to other interpretations, otherwise they get stale. Why do you think Superman doesn't sell like Batman titles? Because it's stale. You can't do anything different with that character. Yeah, uh, it all follows the same vein. Even when they try to change it up, he's still the same white bread. Goody two shoes, you know. They try to make him this hero of the people recently, and cut back his powers, and then he's just totally boring. Yeah, he's not all powerful anymore. He's just, you know, uh, a hipster doing protests that he has no involvement <laughs> with. I mean, basically, sure. Um, uh, I just he goes full Kent. <laughs> he does. He does. You never go never full go Kent. Full Kent. <laughs> never go full Kent. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I do think that there are. I do think that there are some characters that there should be... I don't think there should be a moratorium on telling different stories with, but I think you should be very, very, very careful about the stories that you do tell with them. And as I've said, I'm not a Superman fan, 
but I think Superman definitely falls into that uh, into that category. To some extent, I think Captain America falls into that category as well. But those movies have been ultra dark. They they have, but they've <laughs> the thing that they've done really well with uh, the Captain America series, not so much the first one because the first one was very much Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, but the second one and the one that's coming up, Civil War. Um, both of those are, are dark, but they feel more like less like a superhero movie and more like a like a James James Bond or yeah, yeah like a born identity mm-hmm. with superpowers, you know, people involved. Um, and that's and I I feel like that still fits Captain America in a way. It's a modern version of Captain America. Superman, it's. You can do a modern telling, but it's still he's he's still this dude who's ultra powerful, and it's the thing that that makes his character even remotely interesting is the fact that he has all of these powers, and he is so fucking goody two shoes, and it's just like he could literally just come in and wipe out the fucking planet. And I think one of the things that it looks like they're trying to do with this movie is contrast Batman's grim outlook versus superman because he is that god that saves the world over and over and batman's right. like you guys don't understand let this guy turn bad for one minute and we're all dead right gonna take him out right and i think and i hope they're gonna draw a contrast between batman's pessimism about everything and bring superman back into that light that people bitched about for man of steel right right and, right you know which made no sense to me he can't kill zod well would she let him Use his heat vision to melt this family, right? I mean, maybe he learned from killing Zod a different way to handle things later. Sure, you know, and, and there's some actual character development there instead of I always do the right thing, and it's always the good and right and and child right. friendly thing. Yeah, it's the noble, it's the noble thing to do. Instead, he he can't learn from mistakes. Right. Chances are, if if you feel very strongly about a moral you've either made a mistake or you've encountered something where there was a consequence that really deeply affected you emotionally. That's how people usually operate. Just like you have the greatest empathy for people if you have suffered similarly. Sure. I think I think Superman, that's why he cares so much about right. the human race, you know. He doesn't have his family or his people and here's Earth. They all have people, they all have a planet. He feels very strongly about protecting it. And they're just now building the Zack Snyder Superman. And I think that's part of the development. That's what I saw in Man of Steel that I don't think most people saw. Right. Is that they're actually building this character to have that compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and to learn from mistakes and to do things he didn't want to do. And he'll learn ways to avoid that going forward. And that's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Instead of this linear, always does the right thing. Kind of thing can never be in rated R movies. Uh, with the mature themes or violent themes. You know, it looks like they're going to do what works with World's Finest, which is the Batman-Superman pairing, is right. compare and contrast their outlooks much more than their power sets. These are two very different men that believe in the same ultimate goal. It's just how do you get there. It's how you get there. Right. And, you know, Batman doesn't believe in killing any more than Superman does. But if it comes down to it, if it's them, if it's the criminal versus the victim, the criminal's going down. Right. And especially based on the kick-ass trailer that we've seen. Right. Batflick doesn't take any names he's just <laughs> he is just killing i mean just throwing people through walls through floors just yeah and that's yeah 
I'm tired of second billing to Matt Damon. Let's do this. <laughs> I, I think him as Bruce Wayne is really going to, he's going to be like the best Bruce Wayne that, that you've way. ever seen. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Agreed. him as Batman yet. I still, I'm still on the fence about that, but I think as Bruce Wayne, he's going to nail it. Uh, Zach Snyder brought up something that I thought was interesting this week that uh, Affleck is a big Batman. He's tall. He's broad. Right. Um, and the other guys, who I like them all, honestly, outside of the two. George uh, Clooney. Yeah. And, Fuck and George Kilmer. Clooney. I mean, you know, those movies were just <laughs> terrible. Yes, they were. Uh, but the other guys, I thought they had their own look as Batman. But this guy. Bat nipples. Bat nipples. It's a Always dark time ready <laughs> to illuminate the darkness. <laughs> Well, he and Wonder Woman could really have a great fight. Well, <laughs> ting, ting, ting. No one's going to be left with heads. <laughs> Is it cold in here? <laughs> yeah, Superman's over there going, guys, just stop, please, please. I'm, I'm the man of steel. <laughs> <laughs> ting. <laughs> Three-way nipple Dawn of something, not justice. <laughs> Dawn of Ariola. Um, going going back to the topic. Uh, <laughs> that was a stubborn. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I I don't count this as technically Superman being in a rated R movie. I think this is Superman being in a director's cut of a movie. Yes. Um. I'll. You know, you're, you're talking about that. We don't know the. We don't know what is in there that that they had to cut to take it down to a PG-13. Um, and you're right, but that works both ways. But it might be amazing content. It, no, you're absolutely right. But my point is, is we're assuming that it's Batman. There could be something in there where we watch and go, "That's not Superman. Superman does. Superman is not doing that." I, um, I hope it is I, something like that because I, I mean, it, that would it, it would be interesting. But at the same time, I would understand because normally, normally I defend movie uh, comic book movies from comic book nerds, which I we we are all three of us are comic book nerds. Yep. So, um, I usually defend comic book movies from comic book nerds when they say this didn't follow the comics. I say, yeah, it doesn't have to. It's its own version of the story, and there are a lot of things that work great in comics that just do not work on on the screen. Um, but that would be one thing that would bug me if they just went completely backwards from what a Superman, what Superman would do, what that character would do. I'd go, if, then that's not Superman. You can call him whatever you want. If you're if you're doing something just to go dark and be like, ha ha, we did it. It's like, okay, great. Just well, sometimes interesting story comes from putting characters in a situation where they have to go opposite. Like that's when different. He killed Zod. Yes, he yes. had to do that. Yes. They had destroyed half the city, which everybody complained about the imaginary people that were killed. Oh, no. And then he was about to kill a discreet family unit standing yeah. there in front of him, and he snapped his neck and cried out in agony that he had to kill this guy. Goes against type. Had to happen. Great storytelling, in my opinion. Okay. I agree. After a pretty crappy fight scene. But <laughs> that was my only complaint with that movie. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on what they do. Um, but I mean, at some point you have to have faith in these creators and these movie makers to put out a great film. And I do have faith in Zack Snyder. Absolutely. I, 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 you know, I've enjoyed most of what he's put out. Sucker Punch and IMAX is oh, yeah. still one That's, of the greatest that is the experiences. the only way to watch that movie. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. That, that is still one of the greatest 
movie experiences mm-hmm. I've ever had. You try to watch it on a television and they look like Gumby people. Yeah. Seriously, it has yeah. to be at IMAX. Uh, I'm interested. I will, you know, I'll see Batman Superman uh, probably in IMAX. Um, but when it comes to the, the Rated R version, I am interested in seeing it. I want to see what they've done. Uh, but like I said, if if they're doing Rated R just to, just to go Rated R, or if they're doing Rated R... Uh, and it's it's at the cost of what that core component of Superman. Like if they do it, if they do like they did at the at the end of uh, Man of Steel, great. If you know that makes like you said that makes sense. If they just have him straight up, like break Lex Luthor's back for no reason, I'd be like, hey. That's not really Superman. But you've seen Lex Luthor portrayed in these trailers, right? He probably deserves it. He's pretty annoying. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's exactly how I want my Lex Luthor. Just. Red and I like Eisenberg. I think it'll be fun. The but... red capes are coming. Love that. Love it. Uh, on a little side note about this before we move on. Yes. Uh, did you guys see that uh, apparently Ben Affleck was rewriting script on set? No. In the Batman costume. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Batman Batman's says. Like, I write my own lines. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's real, but I did see a screenshot on Twitter of uh, Ben Affleck posting on uh, Facebook. I mean, who wouldn't want to ride in the Batmobile? No, that's real. And Henry Cavill, uh, the guy who plays Superman, responded with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that is so good. That is so good. That is two guys who understand the roles that they are in, and that that role, as big as Ben Affleck is, that that role is much larger than they are. And it's like, this is our moment. Let's let's have some fun with this. There's some fun stuff going on like that. I saw that uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted that he was Team Cap. Yeah, and, uh, and, I love his the the Twitter stuff that he's doing. Yeah, love and, it. uh, it's great. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. responds, A2 deep pool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So, uh, you know, I mentioned that we are comic book nerds. Yes. Uh, we are also fans of many other things. I'm fans of, obviously, Rooster Teeth because we are in my studio and Rooster Teeth stuff. Uh, fans of uh, different music and, and whatnot. Aaron, you have a very interesting topic that. Uh, I've actually been thinking about all day. I've been oh. trying to come up with the right answer for this. So go ahead. What is I got in your what, mind? That's what yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. Well, what is your topic? It is how you define a good fan, or how you define yourself as a a good fan. Because we see fandoms all over the place. They react certain ways that look like it's just you know you, you can't tell. Like people just react to stuff. Do you ever make a conscientious decision? Like, I want to be a good fan of this. For example, we like Rooster Teeth. We're yes. fans. So we watch all of the things we like and subscribe and follow all of the stuff. I actually make a point to go look at the sponsors and, like, see, hmm, what is this? You know, I may or may not buy anything, but I make sure I know what code to use if I do. Um, you know, I, I read the FAQ, the FAQ, before yeah. I ask questions on their site. You know, when I tweet something to somebody... I won't wait too long because I like to read through all of the previous comments and make sure I'm not tweeting something redundant because you have thousands of fans. The goddamn it, Barb's. Yeah. And yeah. they're all saying pretty much the same thing. You know, it's it's not 
it, it's got to be annoying. So, you know, I want to alleviate some of that. I, I want to be a good fan mm-hmm. of rooster teeth. Right. So I notice a lot of people, you know, they post a lot of things. They do fan art. They do cool things. And then there are these fringe people, <laughs> it seems like. And they're just off the wall. But I, I thought maybe they are defining themselves as good fans because they care so deeply. And this reaction that they're giving is their proof that they're fans of this, even though it looks like they're trying to rip it apart. Um, so what what are your thoughts on, on how you go about being a fan of something? I think there's a distinction to be made between being a fan of something and having the delusion that it's yours. Mm. And there's lots of that, especially Ownership. in comics. Especially in comics, and it spills over into movies like much more vehemently than it does the comics themselves. It's like they take those actual uh, personified versions, you know, these these heroes made real, and they just get so angry about it that before they even see any of it, the the Batman Superman thing is a good example. Uh, but there's been the same thing on the Marvel side at different points, particularly with the Sony, uh, well, the 20th Century Fox stuff and the sony stuff if you think about spider-man and the x-men and the hate and the fantastic four movie sucked but people decided that it sucked before they ever saw an, a second of footage and maybe that was just that it sucked so bad that it emanated waves of <laughs> that we all it reverberated felt. throughout yeah. the timelines yes. and the universes i feel a suckage in the force yeah. <laughs> time travelers from the future came back and said this movie is god awful this movie's awful but you wait long enough and those horrible things become funny and then they're nostalgic in themselves like yes. like doom with the the hand <laughs> <laughs> the original fantastic <laughs> what do i do with these hands <laughs> But yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's a distinction to be made between those people and the people that love something and are disappointed when it's not as good as they want it to be. Because if you're destroying something all the time, mm-hmm. uh, those people, I tend to see them destroying everything right. all the time. I mean, right. you're not going to get anything good eventually. Like you're, you, you have to support the efforts right. of the creative people trying to make these things even more real than you know pages on a on a comic book like they're giving you a whole nother medium a whole nother way to see this mm-hmm. thing that you love you know you should support them even if you don't like it you can still not give them death threats exactly <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. when you've crossed you the could line, just refrain yeah. you just Insanity. refrain and be like this time it didn't happen but maybe next time another creator will come along and do it but if you stomp it into the ground with so much hate and so passionately hate it, then no one's going to want to touch it again for a while, and you're missing out. And that's what's actually um, kind of funny, is that it's keeping uh, Half-Life 3 from coming out. Uh, the mythical Half-Life 3. Yeah. Uh, you know, Valve saw the reactions to Mass Effect 3 and the ending. And granted, I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, console gaming series ever. Like, I love the story that's told. And yeah, the ending wasn't great. Um, but, you know, in the end, it's the story they wanted to tell. And it's not just the destination. It's also how you get there. Um, you know, and the journey to that end had so many amazing moments for me mm-hmm. that Mass Effect just, I still, like, I've already... It was emotional. It was yeah, emotional I've, play. I've already, I've already replayed Mass Effect 1 on the Xbox One. 
when they release Mass Effect 2 and backwards compatibility, I'm going to end up playing it then. And same with Mass Effect 3. I'm going to go ahead and finish that story out again. They saw the hate. They saw, uh, Valve did. They saw the hate. They saw just the, just the no-win scenario for Mass Effect for the, for the folks at EA that uh, they've backed off on doing Half-Life 3 because they go, if we put this out, and people hate it. They're not going to think back and go, man, Half-Life was great. They're going to think back, that story sucked. It ended not the way I wanted it to. I hate these people. I'm going to send death threats. Da, 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 da. And so they haven't publicly said it, but you know, the No, uh, the guys at Funhouse did a story about that. And they said, this is one of the main reasons why they're not doing it. Now, granted, financially, they don't need it either. I was about to say, where's it hit their profit? Like, if people, people can hate it. it all they want, but they may still be the same people that buy it when it comes out anyway. They don't need it. Um, and that's a topic for a different day. But, you know, it, it, it's keeping... That's one of the big ones that I look at and I go, here's an opportunity where a group of people have killed it before it ever had a chance to see the light of day because they were, quote-unquote, fans and they... They were so passionate about it. They were so just in that thing, whatever it is, that you know the the people who actually own that thing are like, we're out. Like we're not we're not doing this. We don't want to deal with the <laughs> bullshit that comes along with this. You're you know you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, I am none of them. You are neither. Um, I've I won't go to an away game for an NFL game. Not anymore. No. Um, uh, and, and I'm talking, I won't drive to Tampa, no. which, which isn't far. I mean, it's a little bit of a drive, but I won't drive to Tampa to go to see the saints play the bucks because I don't want to get stabbed or shot. I'll and say. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to worry about that. I've always treated when I've gone to saints games, I've always treated people who, who are from the other team or, uh, you know, visiting, visiting fans. As long as they weren't drunk assholes, I treated them with respect. You know, I, I treated them almost like they are. They are visitors. So I would treat them with as much respect as I could. And you would think that would be pervasive, but it's not, particularly nope. when there's alcohol involved. Um, yeah. uh, I went to a Dolphins game where they played the Falcons in Miami uh, a few years back. It's three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we were leaving, I watched three people in Falcons gear get assaulted. Wow. On the way out to the parking lot, like seriously hurt, like picked up, body slammed, blindsided, sucker punched, uh, and the Dolphins won that game. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't even make sense because these weren't people that were gloating. We, were, you know, I, I know better than to wear colors to an away game. Yeah, I know better. You yeah, know, I was wearing a, a white button down and some shorts. I mean, you, 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 because you will be <laughs> so straight laced. <clears throat> yeah, you, yeah, you can't even cheer no. when your team scores or they're going to find you after yeah. it's, it's insanity well and, and it's, that's a different level of thing than we're talking about with comics or movies but the, but, the but level of intensity is similar but, but the it, way it's carried out is different it's not but it, but it's not different because you know the one thing you'll you'll always hear and back when colin cowherd wasn't a piece of shit uh he no, used to say this all the time to that guy oh god um he used to say fan is short for fanatic and so a lot of people, when they become a fan of something, they become very focused on it and very, it's, you know. It's it, an obsession. Like, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't spend so much time learning all the minutia that you do about, sure. about entertainment. Sure. You know, unless you were 
very focused on it. Right. Like you said. And, you know, it's like, there's a difference, though, between being a healthy fan and being a hurtful fan. And to me, a healthy fan is somebody, you know, to kind of brag on us for a second, when it comes to Rooster Teeth, I consider us to be very much healthy fans. We do our best to get other people uh, interested in their content. We do, uh, we're both guardians at RTX, and we'll be guardians again this year. Thank you very Which much, Rooster Teeth. Which, being an attendee is just as important. Absolutely. That's just how we give back to the right. community. And, and and it's a way to give back to the company. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, hell, that's pretty much what we watch. We watch mainly Rooster Teeth shit. Now, granted, they own a lot of channels at this point, <laughs> um, so it, it's really tough not to watch their stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things to where... I'm a fan. Uh, I've got a whole shelf just over here, which you can't see, uh, of Coheed and Cambria stuff. I'm a huge Coheed and Cambria fan. I, you know, identify with that music. And when I go to concerts, I try to be as nice as possible. And it's like because that's I, tough to do. And it is. We've been <laughs> we've been to we've been to a number of concerts. I've been to one that was awful because the crowd was. Constantly fighting. And that was constantly. in the Florida Panhandle, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. I think the of venue. Of course, it was. The, the <laughs> venue was kind of tight, and I think that yeah. really Added didn't to it. work with that many people. Um, but you know, we saw we saw them when they played at Soul Kitchen here in Mobile. Fantastic show. Everybody like took care of each other. And I was like, this is perfect. Like this is how a show is supposed to go. So there's absolutely a way that you can be a healthy fan. There's a way that you can be a hurtful fan. And if you're a hurtful fan bad thing is is that you seem to think that you're doing you're you think you're doing the right thing you think you're defending you know whatever this is like you're a protector right versus i view my role as a fan as a supporter right you know like online people will uh like if somebody doesn't like an achievement hunter video i've seen where you know people pile on and say yeah it sucks blah 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 blah. but i've also seen where people have just gone after that person it's not personal it's, it's it's like so the dude didn't like the video. What do you care? Like at the end of the day, are you do you work for Achievement Hunter? Are you doing anything involved with Achievement Hunter other than watching their videos and buying their merch? No? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like and if it and if especially if it's valid criticism. Um like, you know, if you say, I, I really didn't like the editing in this video. Cool. Great. Perfect. You know. And people are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just like, no, stop. You're not you're not helping. Like that person's not gonna go, oh, you know what, you know what, you're absolutely right. I'm a big achievement hunter fan now. <laughs> it's like that's not how that works. You convince me with your hostility. Yeah. It's like, oh no, okay. <laughs> you know what? When you call me bad names, I really see your point. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That just clarifies it all for me. Makes me want to listen. <laughs> it's it's just it's dangerous when that passion becomes over the line. And, you know, we live in Alabama. Um uh, Updike is 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 a prime example of that. Uh, for those of you who aren't sports fans, um, present. Well, yeah, but you know about this. Uh, Alabama and Auburn have a rather huge rivalry. Uh, some have argued that it's the biggest rivalry in sports it's and in the nation. The ugliest. It's absolutely the ugliest because there are some ugly people in Alabama. That's not what he means, but that's what I mean. Um, Updike's pretty ugly. Though. He is. Um, this dude was such a fan of Alabama. He named his daughter Bear, as oh, in Bear Bryant. Uh, what, Not personally, just, I've heard the story. Yeah, Crimson like Tide. Bizarre. And he, because uh, <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide, for those who don't know. 
And uh, on Auburn's campus, they have these super old oak trees at uh, uh, I almost said Tillman's Corner, but that's Harry Mobile. Um, if you roll Tillman's Corner, you're gonna get shot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Tumors Corner. Tumors Corner. Uh, and uh, you might catch some meth if you throw yeah, some toilet paper should. out in Tillman's Corner. Um, so they, um, you know, they've had these trees there forever. It's been a uh, it's it's been a tradition that after big wins that you go out there and you roll as in throw toilet paper roll. Uh, all over the fucking trees, which classy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which it's college students. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a lot of grown ass people. It's also too. that. <laughs> I mean, they may have once been college no, students. No, no, maybe. Uh, but this guy went there and poisoned the trees and killed the trees, and it's like, and he did it because. He's an Alabama fan, and he loves his he loves his team so much. Well, they lost to uh, and they to lost Auburn. That yeah, year. and they lost to Auburn that was year. Was that the so, Cam Newton game? I think so. It all comes back to that. and so God. and so he was and so Newton. he he was gonna get him. He was gonna get him, and it's like, dude, it's a game. You can't care that much, and he did, and he went to jail, and he rightfully should because fuck that guy. Yes, and it's like. Now, I will say the good thing was that was a very brief moment that came out of that was where you had Alabama fans and Auburn fans for once going, hey, maybe our rivalry's gone a little too like far. Tied for tumors and all yeah, that where yeah, they were yeah, contributing to help get new oaks in there. And yeah, they had to completely resod all that ground because yep. the level of uh, plant poison that he used was so high that nothing would grow there anymore. Right. It was crazy. And And to him... And this is going back to your question. If you would have asked him right after he did that, before he got caught, is he a good fan? He would have looked you in the eye and said, "Absolutely." As opposed to Roll borderline tide. terrorist. Yeah, I mean, honestly, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so that's that's the hard part about your question. I know, I know, I know. It's a very hard thing because people have to think about, or I don't, I don't think a lot of people actually take the time to sit down and think. What kind of fan am I? Am I a good fan? Right. How how am I actually contributing to the thing that I'm a fan of? And like you said, it isn't always a supporter role. That's not a thought that occurs. It's just I own this because I invest so much of myself, my time, my energy, keeping track of it, learning it, consuming it. Somehow I am owed part of it or all of it. And it's it's a little scary because you can easily kill the thing that you love. Oh yeah, and you kill it for yourself if you don't kill it for everybody else. Yeah. Like, instead of enjoying something for what it is and what the creators give you, if they don't do it the way you want to do it, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, let's talk Iron Man three. Yeah, mm. I, okay. I still haven't seen it, so uh, it's a good movie. Okay, it? it's one of the highest grossing films of all time. Uh, I'm a huge Iron Man fan. Iron Man brought me into comics. Um, still a huge Iron Man fan. It's a great book. I like the movies, but Iron Man three. They take his greatest arch enemy, the Mandarin, mm -hmm. and basically turn him into a guy with irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and that's the full extent of the character. I mean, he he's a propagandist that can stink up a bathroom. That's the that's his full of that's a real thing in the movie. That's what he does. Instead of being this uh power player right. in the Far East that competes with Tony Stark in industrial arenas and has these alien rings that lets him fight Iron Man on equal level. Right. Instead, he's just a guy that uh, smells really awful and can do nothing more. Is just really pathetic. Now, 
However, and, and a lot of people got enraged about that because it's so off what that character is. And they took a really great actor and put him in that role. I can't believe he agreed to do it, honestly. Um, but it just seemed like a waste. And they took a different angle on the villain and the ultimate real villain in that movie that I liked. It's a really right. good, fun movie, a nice rewatch. It's not profound in any way. It's a Brett Ratner film. So it's going to be an actioner you right. know, with lots of one-liners and things and apparently bathroom humor. Uh, hey! Oh, my God, of, poop. <laughs> so instead of letting that piss me off and never see another... Ah, piss you off, huh? See? Oh, more bathroom go. humor. <laughs> I, I, I've seen the movie a few times. It's always fun. I don't like that the Mandarin sucks. It's terrible. And Tony never really has an arch villain to go up against. That doesn't make a bad movie. How many, star, make, how many stars would you give it? Out of five? Yeah. I'd give it four stars. Oh. It's still high. So, so, so not two? <laughs> like, a huh? like a deuce? Like a deuce? See, I'm making a poop joke. <laughs> Kevin, I'm making a poop joke. <laughs> I got it. Kevin took it seriously. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I would rank the second Iron Man movie number two. Oh. <laughs> oh there we go. I think a lot of people overlook villains, like the importance of villains. Aaron's talked about this a lot. Oh, yeah. Um. Just it's all about the hero, and you don't understand that the villain actually, a good villain really makes a story. Of Star Wars, the villain makes the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, this is kind of off topic, but a villain, if you have a great hero and they don't have anybody worth fighting, you have a shitty story. If you have a marginal hero and a great villain for them to face. Now you've got the basis of a great fucking because story. Because the hero is always in conflict at that point. Yes. And that's what makes stories good is conflict, yes. even on low levels. Yes. If it's tense, it's good. That's yeah. what we like. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, going back to the topic, though. Um, I think when it comes to anything, you know, everybody, I always like to say everybody's a fan of something. Doesn't matter who you are, you are a fan of something, whether it be a specific band a genre of music, a movie, uh, a comic, or comic books in general, a team, whatever. You're a fan of something. How much of a fan you are and how you act reflects not only on you as a person, it absolutely reflects to everyone else on whatever it is that you're a fan of. I refuse, I, as, I've, as I've lived in Alabama every year, I've hated... Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, more and more every year. I don't like Auburn either, but the people that I've, that I've had to deal with who have a big-ass A on the back of their car and they drive like <laughs> shit and they nearly run me off the road, uh, people that I see walking around in Mobile with their Alabama shirts on yelling Roll Tide in the middle of a Saints game, uh, you know, people just who are just assholes, just pieces of shit. To be fair, if Mark Ingram scores, it's cool to roll to your roll. That's card. that's that's the exception of the rule. <laughs> um, but it's like I, I keep seeing this and I go, I don't want to be affiliated with you fuckers. Like you people are that kind of annoying and it and it's like I look at that and I work it, with the, the guy, extremists yeah, that, that ruin that it for ruin everyone. it for everyone. I I work with a guy who actually graduated from the University of Alabama with two bachelor's degrees. The guy is really fucking smart. He loves, loves the Crimson Tide. 
I will talk to him about topics like this, and he's like, I hate so much of our fan base. He's like, because none of them went to the fucking school, and they make us look dumb and like pieces of shit. That's every school, though. It's, Absolutely. It's every team. Except I mean, South Alabama. Go Jacks. Go Jacks, go. Because only a few of us know there is a football <laughs> There's not enough people hey, to be assholes. Uh, we don't go to the games anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm the same way. I went there. I've always loved the team. I don't want anything to do with college sports. I mean, I'll keep up with it. Yep. Um, occasionally, I'll put on a game if I'm just not doing anything else. But it, it's so obnoxious. And people are so overbearing about it. It doesn't even make sense how disproportionate a place this holds in their lives. Yeah, and it's that way with sports in general. Though. And, and it, but it's that way. It's that way with anything that you can become a fan of. There, there is somebody out there right now who is so overly devoted to, uh, you know, Cody and Cambria. Or uh, we talked about this. Um, a, a couple months ago, there was there was talk that One Direction was going to break up. Okay, I remember. Oh my God! Oh no! The tweens almost all died. So on in Twitter, one instant. So on, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, you know there there was there was a big hullabaloo about it, um, and I thought it was interesting because I read a story that said that they were talking about breaking up, but they're being very very discreet about it because when Zane left the band, <laughs> there were girls... So much trauma. There were girls who got onto Twitter and started cutting themselves and saying, I'm going to kill myself if you don't come back and join the band. That's like every psychotic girlfriend in the world is now fixated on you. That poor guy. Wow. But, but that's what I'm saying. is It's like they are fans, and in their mind... They think I'm being a great fan because I'm keeping the five of them together. And I, you know, if, if I do this, he's going to see that and go, oh, man, they really do care about me. I, sh I shouldn't leave. But that's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, oh, my God, this is the reason why I'm fucking getting out he's of like, this shit. like, them bitches be crazy. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's you know, exactly what he's thinking. So it's like. I hope they don't know where I live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there, there are One Direction fans out there. That are normal. That's not true. There are. That's not true. There, it is true. That's, that's not true. It's true. Um, their parents need to do an intervention. You just, have, <laughs> you just haven't seen their secret room. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> Where pieces of Zane now rest. <laughs> Several different secret rooms. He sweat on this. <laughs> <laughs> this towel that he sweat on. And then a Ziploc bag. Final thing I want to say that I'm a fan of is uh, Lozelda. What's up? Wearing your shirt. How are you? Um, any final thoughts on... On what makes a good fan. Being um, a supporter and not a defender is, is one of our big ones. Be kind to your fellow fans. If yeah. they disagree with you, let them go. Leave it alone. Have your own awful opinion and let them have their awful opinions. Leave it at that. Debate. Have fun like we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. You don't have to break each other down. Yeah. I mean, just because I'm right about the R-rated Superman Batman movie doesn't mean that Aaron's mm -hmm. a terrible person. I mean, he is, but <laughs> that's not the reason why. I can't legally say that like you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome. Aaron, any final thoughts on your topic? Uh, yes. I think that fandom can be an awesome community that you can really connect with a lot of really cool people. I mean, yeah, there's weird ones in there, but like Kevin said, just you don't have to hate them. You don't have enemies. We're not fighting a war for epic good and, and epic evil. Just find the people you resonate with and share what you love with them and help what you love grow 
so that it becomes amazing and don't hate it when it becomes mainstream because you were part of making it great and to hate it when it's great is very hypocritical. If you don't like it, find another little tiny thing that's off the grid and become a fan of that. You know, it's okay to keep moving that way, to keep supporting and keep lifting people up. Once it's in the mainstream, hand it off to those people and make something else your own. Yep. That's good. I like that. It's a good way to put a bow on that topic. You I did. like bows. You did it. Very Jerry Springer-esque. They're so pretty. Uh, so, speaking of Jerry Springer, our final topic has nothing to do with Jerry Springer. Thank God. Uh, Ooh, red herring. <laughs> gotcha. He got me. I I'm we like, I didn't study for this. This fight. <laughs> <laughs> Over paternal paternity tests or something. You are not the father. <laughs> Though, with you, who knows? Uh, but your brother is. <laughs> oh! And he's here today. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so our final topic this week is one that I am... Uh, I care very much about because it's my topic. Uh, and that is the autonomous car or autonomous vehicles as, as, as a whole. Robocar. Uh, Robocars. Um, so Speed buggy. It's, uh, they're coming. They're coming sooner rather than later. They're already in development. Hide your children. Hide your wife. Uh, the United States government is actually uh, working to put a lot of money into this, uh, into developing these. They're putting a lot of work into setting the uh, setting the stage to be able to move some of the legal hurdles out of the way. Like, for instance, uh, they've started to say that uh, some states have said that having a computer drive the car counts as having a driver in the car, uh, which that's that is a huge deal. That is, uh, be, and for a number of reasons, one is that you know uh, that means you can build cars without a steering wheel, um, which saves space, saves weight, and whatnot. Um, but there, it just, it opens it up to where this can get here sooner. And the big reason why, other than convenience that we need it, is going to make everything safer. Um, because if you have robots driving, it takes a lot of the human element out of there. And I think that, and well, I don't think statistics show that even just 10%, uh, uh, of of the cars on the road being ro uh, robo cars is going to uh, bring down uh, the amount of money that goes into every year, you know, dealing with wrecks, uh, the amount of lives saved, and bringing uh, the amount of um, injuries from wrecks. All of that gets better because we have autonomous vehicles. I love them. I read a story in Time this week about them. I. I'm ready for an autonomous car. I'm ready to give up my, my 2006 Hyundai Tucson uh, and get a robo car. And your free will. You're sure. Give that up. Sure. And who's the major manufacturer at this point of autonomous cars? Is it, is it Cyberdyne Systems? <laughs> it is not. It is, uh, Tesla is the first to uh, Tesla and Google. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> the man who sounds like a cologne. Elon <laughs> Musk. Like one of the stinky ones. Nah. <laughs> You know what he smells like? like? At, uh, at Walgreens. You know what he smells like? Success. Because he is. He's the Tony Stark of our generation. That's the truth. But I, I want a Robocar. I know you're not comfortable with it. It's a death trap that you cannot escape from. You're no. just going to sit there, beat against the windows, have no way in, no way out. No way in. No way out. No. In the ranking of geniuses alive right now. Yes. 
Who rates ahead of Elon Musk? Number one. Uh, the only one I can think of would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, come on, give me a break. He's a talk show host. He's amazing. Yeah. How about Stephen Hawking? Okay. And I'll throw deGrasse Tyson in there too because sure. both of these guys have warned us about artificial intelligence. Okay, but and, there's a and difference. the potential role of artificial intelligence in the destruction of our species. And I made my Cyberdyne joke as a joke. Sure. But giving too much control to non-human controlled machines is a bad idea. But if it makes everyone safer and where they're not killing each other via vehicle, isn't that a good thing? Can you just wrap me in bubble wrap? No. That wouldn't that's not gonna save you from the It'll be a uh, machine that does it. Uh, it's not going to save you from the trucker who's been driving for uh, 23 hours and the only thing that's keeping him awake are 14 Red Bulls and, uh, and some caffeine pills. Uh, and when he finally dozes off and slams into your tiny little beat-up Ford Focus, that's going to be it. But I'll have hands on a steering wheel and I'll <laughs> feel so much better about it than if I was in a robo-car. When you can make, make your own judgments... Your own reactions. Even if they are terrible. See, one of the things that concerns me about this is the mix of robot-driven cars and human-driven cars and, and how reactions and judgments are going to interact between those two sure. to cause complete you know, 1970s vehicular catastrophe movie-style calamities. You know, Everything explodes. Yeah, where chips every week, there was a 45-car pileup and... It was the same footage, but still, it was scary, and that's what I see with RoboCars. Is like, you know, forty-five cars piled up, and then one flying over the top, landing in the middle, and detonating all the rest of them. <laughs> one sole wheel survives that's and right. rolls off into a ditch. That's it, on fire. Yes, on fire. <laughs> but see, that's not. But that's, and a child's shoe lands next to it. But that is not what's Aww. going to happen, because what's going to happen is, is instead of having that forty-five car pileup, is you're going to have one car that pulls into the. Uh, uh, who's being driven? Uh, that car's being driven by a person, by the way. Pulls in and runs into a uh, a computer-driven car, and because people drivers are awful, and hits it, and then you're gonna have the same type of wreck you would have if you had that computer-driven car being driven by a person. So what what difference would that make? Except that that computer-driven car is there's almost no chance. Point zero 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 one percent chance that it pulls over and hits uh, hits that person at speed. Arguing in binary will not save because you. because that's how they're being programmed. Now, granted, <laughs> all right. So, so the if Google, their sensors fail, uh huh, then the car stops in the middle of the road. I would think that's not. That's what I said. I, <laughs> I was like, you're not. just gonna stop in the middle of traffic, <laughs> you, knowing at like eighty miles an hour. If you can no longer see. If something happens and you get bit by a spider while you're driving and you can Why no you longer see, you gotta bring in spiders. <laughs> Mechanical. Or do you do spiders. you just do you just slam on the brakes and stop in the middle of the road, or I do you pull? Swerve. I would Tokyo drift. Yeah. I'd be like into like the shoulder of the road. There are too many statistics, too many things that are that, too many people, important people that are studying this that are saying that, other than the convenience factors. That this is going to make everything safer. Don't they have to have special types of road for this to work? No, absolutely not. That's what I read. No, no, no. Absolutely not. They're driving. 
right now in Austin and uh, in Silicon Valley, and then in some cities over in Europe, they're the cities ro- that think they're better than the rest of us. Well, yeah, they've got robotic cars, <laughs> uh, but they've got robotic vehicles, and they're going and. and <laughs> And lots and lots and, of uh, craft beers and <laughs> organic coffees. Don't hate. It's delicious. <laughs> I was about to say, you're turning on her at the moment. <laughs> Do not talk bad about the beer or the food. Um, They're in my heart. <laughs> and outside of one wreck that happened actually this last week. I saw that. Um, every wreck that an autonomous vehicle has been in has been due to Human driver error. This well, last one. They were trying to destroy the robot. Uh, who knows? That th- there's a chance. Kill it. That's the reason why we don't have him here in Mobile. <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna get that thing. No, Roll tide. That's that's how they that's how they treat bicycle people. That's true. That is really <laughs> and joggers true. on the side of the there's road. There's like a dead bike. They've got like a bingo somewhere every day. I yeah. Mean. yeah. But you know, it's it's they're out there. You know, the one that happened, and even then, the one that happened last week. The Google car was in the right lane. There were some sandbags in the middle of the road, which is weird. Um, I mean, and then a tsunami. Yeah, I guess. Just in uh, the right lane, though. It saw that, went, okay, I need to move over in the left lane. Saw the bus that was coming. The bus started to slow down. And so it went, oh, the bus is letting me in. Because apparently Google cars don't know bus drivers. That all bus drivers are assholes and pieces of shit. Uh, if you're a bus driver, I apologize, but you know it's true. Um, so it went, oh, it's slowing down. It's going to stop and let me over. So it moved over, and they kind of ran into each other. It was traveling at a grand total of three miles an hour. The bus or the car? The car. So even... That sounds e- like a reason for the wreck, if it was going that I think the bus driver way. has a legitimate claim here. Yeah. If it's going three miles an hour, merging over to pull over to go around. Oh yeah, come on, come on. That is safety. That is being safe. I'm sorry that it's not mobile driving where it's like there's a small hole. I'm just gonna cut over real quick. You gotta gun it. I'm gonna go into oncoming traffic because fuck them. If you have a nitrous button, you hit that button at that moment. You just boom. I have to say, you and I had a long discussion about this. And uh, and I'm talking to Aaron, by the way, for the audio podcaster peoples. Uh, and you were terrified of uh, of like you said, getting in the car and it just driving places and doing things without you having any type of control. Yeah, it, the thought of it, if if it, something happened mm-hmm. and it no longer reacted to me, mm-hmm. I don't like that feeling of helplessness. Like that can happen with your car now, especially your car, but not the same. But it's got a steering wheel and it's got pedals. Yes. And so you want I the illusion of control. I can affect it. It may be tiny little reactions, but I can make that happen. But that's what I'm saying is you want the illusion of control. Because right now, your car can get hacked. But it can't be controlled. Like to speed it up, slow it down, turn the steering wheel. Hers can't because it's 2005 or six. Uh, if you buy, If you've bought a car in the last four years, it can. Was Absolutely. That, that was an episode of like CSI or one of those crime shows where somebody hacked into this old lady's GPS and made her run right into a restaurant. Oh, they predicted the future. But that's uh, it's absolutely true. All of that can be hacked. So you could go out to your car right now. Because you have a relatively new car. I'm not going to say what kind it is because I don't want people hacking your vehicle. <laughs> but they could go in and turn off your brakes. 
They could they can or, cut brakes. Or they can just have your brakes permanently locked on. Or they can just set your throttle all the way up. Or they can just make it to where it can't start. All of these things are built in, especially the not being able to start is built in as a security feature. Yeah, but that's different than affecting how it's actually driving. Or, if that happens while you're driving. Or capturing you and making it drive you to a secret locale uh, where you're held for ransom. I didn't think about the kidnapping possibilities. See, they can hack it and just drive you wherever they want it to take you. You're so. never getting me one of these things. <laughs> I'm going to be abducted by a Colombian drug lord hacker. <laughs> Why would anybody kidnap you? I am delightful. <laughs> You're not that delightful. They want to get that podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> then you can get that five bucks. <laughs> That's all I got for ransom, man. I took the 10 cents. So <laughs> still $5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if they go, they go send, send us the $5, I'd be like, uh, I can keep her. <laughs> I need that five bucks. That's my first five bucks on the podcast. Exactly. Now you know that my fears are justified because I would <laughs> never be coming home. <laughs> But see, here's the thing. You're awful at direction. Yes. Even with a GPS. Mm-hmm. It tells me where to go, and I still end up somewhere else. Yes. Which is why if anybody needed a robotic <laughs> vehicle, it's you. I could also nap freely. But I like how, that. But how often is GPS wrong? It's often. Definitely, Whatever. it's right it's more got, than I am. It's it's gotten <laughs> I mean, it's way better. better. It's gotten way better than it than it has in the past, and it's only going to get better. Especially, you know, we're looking at this from a technology standpoint of right now, where instead, think about it in this way: imagine if you had a network where all of the cars within, say, a mile or two miles, are communicating with each other while they're in motion, to where they can say, "Hey, uh, I'm going. I'm coming up to this intersection, and I'm going to be there at this point. This car that's coming up to the intersection as well goes great. I'll slow down, and then you know, you, know, you no longer need red lights or green lights because they just they time it to where everybody moves through at that the same time. And then one. when they do glitch eventually, then you get your mega pileup. But that's, that's right. but but and, and I mean there'll be less. And there's also going to be." accidents but when they do happen they're going to be gloriously absolutely the self-destruct mechanisms and just blow everything up see kevin's already got his finger waiting for that glitch to happen this is what i said would happen activated (laughs) i can't get to the intersection (laughs) really though one thing also you a point that we didn't talk about um how this would affect people who have lost their license like older people who you know they're they're trying to drive Driving when it's Daisy. not safe anymore, but they don't want to be captives in their own house. They want to. They want the freedom to actually be able to still be a part of the world and not isolated. So that, grandma wants to go get her hair did. I mean, she's got to talk to the beauty salon people, or she's gonna be behind on all the gossip. Exactly. So these cars would actually give more freedom to people who are losing. Sure, and and you know another thing that it talks about in the Time article uh, that I thought was uh, really interesting that I hadn't considered is. Our our generation, you're a little bit ahead of us. Our generation and he the generation behind us. just called you old. Yep. Uh, we uh, the, we are moving more and more into cities. So we're, we're right. Uh, where in the past, you know, people have moved out of cities and out into the country, and it does this. So it goes back and forth. Gentrification. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
one of the things one of the things that that they talked about is that with these cars people wouldn't have to necessarily move to the city because they can move to the outskirts of the city and they could live further away from their jobs because now when they get up in the morning they get a shower you know they throw on some clothes and they go ahead and get get in the car and they can sit there and drink their coffee read up on the news you know everything like that drive into work is no longer oh god i've got to get to work oh my god please get out of the way everything just runs smoothly and you get there and it's like and you know you were talking about that yes there's a chance that your boss is going to be like hey since you don't have to do anything on the way in you can get on your get on your laptop and work on the way into work people are doing that already in cities riding on subways yes. and, and and whatnot so that's once again valid concern for us cuz we don't do that cuz we're driving but in large cities that's already a thing that's happening so that's whatever but it's going it, it makes to where you don't necessarily have to have everybody cluster up in the cities. Now they can cluster up around the city. And the way it, it used to be. Sure. You know, it's like just... It, it, there, there are outside benefits of just road safety. You are talking about freedom. There's also the fact that it's going to save a shit ton of money every year uh, when it comes to things like uh, having to deal with, uh, you know, medical bills from wrecks. I mean, that's really expensive. Uh Dealing with having to get your car fixed, that's going to be, that's going to happen less and less where you're not having as many accidents. Uh, well, one thing they're going to have to change their laws regarding tinting. Yes. Because instances of car sex are just going to skyrocket. I thought about happens. that. And you, nobody wants to see that. Just tint your damn windows, keep it private. Here's something else I thought about. <laughs> you be watching porn on that commute into work. Mobile, like, you know, we have mobile homes. Mobile, it'd be like RVs that people literally would, that's their house. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to own an apartment. I, I live, let's say, let's say my job is in New York. Okay. New York city. I don't want to live in New York city because it's so fucking expensive. I can have one of these little, essentially apartment on wheels, pay a hell of a lot less and have it autonomously drive me wherever I want to go. And it's like, oh, I want to go to this restaurant. It pulls up. I get out, walk in, eat. It comes and picks me up. I get back on there. You know, it's like I could live literally in my vehicle and have it not be fucking weird. I mean, it'd be a little weird. No, that sounds pretty weird. <laughs> but that's the thing is we're thinking about it from nowadays. Like we see the dude who lives in his vehicle and we're like, all right, that guy's, that guy's kind of awkward. You ever been to an RV park? <laughs> exactly. But... If you if you take that and you modernize it, and it's like, hey, I I can save cash and not have to run an apartment, but I can have all the amenities of that mm. in a thing that moves. And if I get a job, you know, I'm in New York City, and I get a job in Washington D.C., all my shit moves with me. Capsule Corp from Dragon Ball Z, just a little pod. I have no okay. And that's got like. <laughs> kitchen and is everything. Is that a thing? It. You lost me. Okay. Aww. Dragon Ball Z, I'm right out of the discussion. I, I, the, all the grunting, I can't keep up with that show. <laughs> they always look like they're pooping. Always. But it's awesome. <laughs> I'm shocked that you're against uh, RoboCars. I'm not against it. Um, I'm, I'm admittedly a control freak. Okay. Um, even when I go on long road trips, I do almost all the driving. It's just a thing. Yeah, no, me. I do that because you're an awful driver, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm the only good driver in the world. I'll freely admit that. Uh, I know I'm not the only good driver in the world because Kevin's at the table. That's right. 
Okay, we'll share that title. Yay! <laughs> See, you're not a control freak. Let's go get robo cars. I bet you're not going to drive him anywhere, though. <laughs> would I drive him anywhere? Or would let him drive me? Yeah, sure. No. What? <laughs> would he let you drive him? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, there's trust there. It's yeah. real. It's not just lip service. I was yeah. just testing. I was making sure. I want to know how deep this let, bond runs. I, I would let uh, I would let Bobby, who's, who's who's a chick, I would let Bobby drive me places. So it's not a it's not it's not a gender thing. It's just you're a shitty driver. And I don't want you to drive me anywhere. You're awful. I'm still alive. Yep. Yeah. Your car would say otherwise. I mean, it's Especially doing its job it's to protect me car. from you know other let's, people. Let's say Light ten poles. years from now. Ten years from now, robo cars come out. Do you get one? I think it's probably an inevitable wave. I mean, we joke around a lot. It's not something I'm comfortable with. I've been driving a long time. I'm used yeah. to it. I'm a safe driver. Uh, I trust my instincts. I don't necessarily trust the instincts of a machine and that type of situation where you have to make split-second decisions. Things and I understand there's more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it, the way we see things go in is inevitable. There's 60 Minutes reports on this where they're talking about the hacking they're talking about ways that it can be stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, that car, they're building the cars to be hacker-proof. So when they talk about the safety measure, so it's going to happen at some yeah. point. And if it proves to be safer, I'm sure I'm gonna get one. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, it's it's gonna be one of those things to where I think if you have a uh, a normal car, you're gonna be taxed out the ass. Your insurance rates are gonna be astronomical. Which, by the way, RoboCars. Uh, the the insurance companies already know that robocars are going to kill their they they've already said it's going to probably down uh, downsize them down to twenty percent of what they are now. Wow. Um, well, good. Fuck them. They're scam it's a artists scam. anymore. Yeah. I feel like they will find a way. No, oh, they they will. Um, but yeah, uh, and I know that you don't ever want one. No, um, I want one. I just want all of all of the first ones to happen to other people, and then once they've worked out all the kinks, then I'll get one. Okay. It's strategy. I'll transform into robots at some point. I, oh, they're, they're already now robots. Now if they're freaking... They're not Gundam. If they're Transformers or Gundams, I'm <laughs> getting one for real. I don't care if I explode. Uh, all right, so we ran, we're running a little long. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. We have recommendations. Another new thing that you want to try out this week. Yeah. What is your recommendation, Kevin Laporte? Well, uh, one of my recent discoveries in... Geek Entertainment, uh, the Transformers comics, and segueing from that. Wow. Part of that discussion. Look Unintentionally, that. but it worked out. Segway. Uh, IDW is a comic company. They put out a lot of licensed comics Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Trek, whole lines of things like that. And that's all just one comic. They're all in one. That would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I'd heard good things about the Transformers line that they do, especially the two core titles, Robots in Disguise and More Than Meets the Eye. They started these about four years ago. Um, I got bored, couldn't sleep one night, bought the first uh, trade on Comixology, and it's just incredible science fiction, political drama, intrigue, assassinations. It's real science fiction told with Optimus Prime, Megatron, Starscream. It's just incredible story. Nice. It's really good. Can't recommend it enough. They've been running uh, 50% off sales on the trades on Comixology. So highly recommended, nice. critically acclaimed. Um, John Barber, James Roberts are the writers. Just killing it. Just beautiful science fiction. Nice. Way beyond the toy commercial cartoons of the 80s. Nice. But still the same personalities. It's a lot of fun. Cool. 
my recommendation is one that by the time this comes out, most likely everybody's seen it. But if you haven't, you need to go see this. You need to look it up. If you have already seen it, watch it again because it's that kind of fucking good. It's Winter Gotten or Winter Gaten or Winter Gatten. I don't know how to say it. Uh, German. <laughs> the uh, the marble machine. Uh, it's a dude who's made this ginormous like wind up music box thing that uses thousands of. Uh, he says they're marbles. They're ball bearings, but marbles close enough. Um, and it plays music, and it is fucking incredible. Handmade. May it's blew me away watching that. I showed it to you before we got started, yeah. and. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you, what are you doing with your life? Uh, you need to watch that. And if you if you have seen it, like I said, watch it again because this guy needs all the views he can get. He deserves every view he gets because he hand built this thing, and you can actually watch him make large chunks of it as he tries different things. And it's it's so fucking cool. I look at that and I just go, "What am I doing? Like <laughs> like this guy made this thing. It." can play a song that's it yeah and it's like cool that's that's great uh i i make a podcast with a webcam and some microphones huh huh i make bone comics you do mm-hmm. what are you doing with your life i've recently discovered the cult of crossfit that's true i can recommend utter cream <laughs> if your hands have calluses they're, in they're utterly cracked. delicious I wouldn't eat it. I have my udder removed years ago. <laughs> it, makes your, it makes your hands utterly soft. Ooh. So, uh, that's it. We're done. Wrapping this up. Thank you guys for joining us. We ran a little long. We apologize. We'll try to keep it shorter next time. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. I mean, I'm in the house anyway. Yeah. It was a great topic. It was. Fun to oh, talk about. That was an awesome topic. And so, uh, two weeks from today... Oh, you can check us out on Twitter at the Important RPT. You can also find Polyhedral Productions at Polyhedral Prod. You can find Kevin at Inverse Press or at Kevin Laporte. You can find me at Aaron underscore Porter underscore is. You can find the other Aaron at Aaron Needs Coffee. All one word. And until two weeks from today, I'm Aaron. I'm Kevin. And this has been Important. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.